right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. How's everybody doing tonight? We're staying warm. It's getting a little chilly out there, honest, but praise God. It is a great time of the year because, hey, Jesus is alive. Amen. And we're alive and he's doing a work in our lives. All right. We are going to go ahead and open up by speaking some words of faith over our United States of America. So let's stand up together tonight. Amen. And do our USA confession. And we do believe that America is coming to Jesus. Amen. We speak these words by faith. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. All right. Well, let's go over some of our announcements here. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, Pastor and Mrs. Pastor are down at the Holy Spirit Conference in San Diego and having a great time. But uh, if you want to tune in one of these nights, don't do it tonight at this service, but the other nights, okay? You're here with us tonight. But the other times, uh, you can go to marktbarclay.com, and they're live streaming it on there. Uh, the mornings are 1030, and then the nights are 7 o'clock, all right? Let's go ahead and put the announcements up there. Um uh, First of all, this Friday night is the Marrieds Night. Uh, yes, it's our Italian night. Amen. And so uh, it starts at 6.30. Child care is available. And if you could just bring an Italian dish to share, it's going to all be in Victory Hall. And I'm going to go ahead and pass this around just one last time. See if anybody else. Lawrence, you got this book? Lawrence, Lawrence is going to come. Let's hear it for Lawrence, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. All right. Bring your wife. Bring the wife. I mean, she'd love it. So come on up. But uh, anyway, it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. And uh, take advantage of this chance to uh, fellowship with other couples and encourage each other. Amen. And then the very next morning uh, is going to be the men's meeting. All right. Uh, yes. Saturday morning at 9 a.m. And so Chuck is going to be bringing us the word. Oh, there he is. All right. And then Brother Robert is cooking us up some breakfast. Amen. Yes, it's going to be a great time. So uh, bring the men out, bring the bring the boys. You know, if they can behave themselves and uh, pay attention, then we let we'll even let boys come. But it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. So be there. The next thing is we're starting up our servant leadership meetings again, and those will be starting on. Thursday, February 17th, okay? And so the plan is to do that on a third Thursday of the month. And this is the chance if you are looking to maybe get more involved or, or be participate more or kind of just, uh, I don't know, just be a little bit more uh, on the inner circle of what's going on in the church and receive some leadership teaching, um, that's going to be a, a good chance for you to come out to that. And so uh, that'll be Thursday the 17th at 6.30. And we do have some big plans for 2022 that uh, we're going to be working on for Easter and all sorts of other stuff. So this is your chance to really uh, get involved with that. All right. And then the final announcement is the Seventh Day Slumber Concert coming up on Saturday the 19th 
Barstow College, and the ticket information is on there, but you got to have a ticket. It is a free event, but you have to have a ticket to get in, and that'll be a really uh, great night. These guys are absolutely uh, wonderful Christians, evangelists, really, uh, spreading the gospel, and it's a great, uh, just a great, great uh, band. We love them. They're awesome, all right? Who knows what time it is now? Happy time. Yes, it's happy time. All right. If you need an envelope, raise your hands and the ushers will get you one. And we're going to open up our Bibles tonight to Proverbs chapter 3. Yes. Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. I'll be in the NLT on this. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 in the NLT. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving and do it on there. But Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 9 and 10, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth. What? Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Now, what should we do with our wealth? I mean, if if you've got wealth, if you've got resources, if you've got finances, what is the thing that you should do with it according to this verse? Honor the Lord with it. Amen. And then it says, what happens after that? He will fill your barns with grain. Who wants your barn to be full of grain? If I had a barn, I would want it to be totally full of grain. Amen. But check it out. And your vats will overflow with good wine. What does all this mean? This is talking about the blessing of the Lord, the provision of God overflowing into your life. But it doesn't just happen by coincidence. That seems to be a theme this year that we keep hitting on is being intentional with your decisions. If you want your finances blessed, you're going to have to be intentional about handling them God's way. And one of the very first things you got to do is honor the Lord with your finances. And the biggest way to do that is to be a tither and a giver and watch what God can do when you give him access to your finances. He will bless you. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to speak some words of faith over our giving tonight. Let's stand up together. Amen. Let's stand up together and we're going to speak some faith over this. Amen. And I'm telling you, this is not just something that we do. This isn't just some tradition or some random words we speak. We do this by faith. And I hear testimony after testimony. One young man uh, just told me last week that he has been speaking these words and he got a pay raise this week. Amen. And I love to hear it. All right. I won't, he's in the room. I won't point him out though. I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass him, but I'm just so proud of him. Right. All right. Very good. Let's go ahead and we're going to speak some words of faith over our money. Let's do this. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Let's worship the Lord together tonight. Feel free to join us at the altar. Sing to the Lord a new song. Lift up his name with joyful praise. 
sing of His sweet salvation, morning to night and day to day. Lift up your voice and thank Him. Our God provides our every need. Worship the God of mercy, who gave His life to set us free. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great. Shout to the God of triumph. Let every tongue proclaim His praise. Boast in the resurrection In Jesus Christ who rules and reigns Our God is greatly to be praised Nothing in all the earth compares to Him The God of glory and of grace Our God is great, our God is great Our God is greatly to be praised Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great. Creation joins to praise Him. Sing, our God is great, our God is great. The sinner found salvation. Our God is great, our God is great. The church of Christ proclaims it. Our God is great, our God is great. His kingdom shouts and sings it. Our God is great, our God is great. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great. Creation joins to praise Him. Lift your voices. Our God is great, our God is great. The sinner found salvation. Our God is great, our God is great. The church of Christ proclaims it. His kingdom shouts and sings it. One more time. Our God is great. Our God is great. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Let's sing it. Our God is great. Our God is great. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. One last time. Our God is great. Our God is great. 
serve a great God. Sing that. A 
Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Let's sing that again. Jesus, there is nothing like your love, Lord. We thank you that while we were yet sinners, Jesus came and died for our sins. He sure loved us when we weren't lovely. He sure loved us when there wasn't much to love there. But we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, one of the lyrics of the song said, I could never walk away. And I'm thinking about that, like, man, that's that's the truth, isn't it? What will we walk back to? <laughs> we didn't leave anything good behind. Amen. We gave it all up and gained everything when we received Jesus. I could never walk away. And we know 
Praise God that he'll never walk away from us. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to get into the word of God tonight. And uh, I believe you're going to receive some things. And so um, the title tonight of the sermon is this. It's called, Is the Risk Worth the Reward? Is the risk worth the reward? And this is, uh, I've, I've talked along these lines before, but uh, I kind of like watching some of these survival shows. And uh, I don't know, I mean, uh, it's just kind of, it, it interests me, right? It, in case I'm ever stranded in the woods without food and water. It's never happened, but, you know, just in case. And so uh, I, one common phrase, though, uh, that I've consistently heard is, if you're going to do something, you know, like say, well, I really need uh, to climb this tree for these berries or whatever the case is. Is the risk worth the reward? Is the potential of really bringing significant harm to your life worth the little bit of benefit that you may get from whatever it is that you're going after? And uh, and whenever I'm tempted with something in life, whenever you know I've got a, a decision to make or a temptation, I'm always asking myself, okay, is this worth more than the blessing of God on my life and on my family? Is the risk of losing the blessing of God upon my life worth the reward of whatever it is that this might bring? And so I want to look at a story here tonight to start things off in Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25. And this is the story of Jacob and Esau. And I mean, we're going to look at probably the biggest boneheaded decision in the history of the world. What a, a bad, bad, stupid, stupid choice. And sometimes, you know, it's going to be easy to look at this and be like, man, that was dumb. But in our lives, uh, you know, I can look at times and be like, man, I really gave up a lot for just, you know, a very minor uh, <laughs> gain. And so check this out. Genesis chapter 25. And we're going to look here at uh, verses 29 through 34. So this is the story of Jacob and Esau, the two brothers. It says, one day when Jacob was cooking some stew... Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry. Now Esau was an outdoorsman. He was a hunter and he was just, he was really into all this stuff. So Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. And this is actually how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. Anyway, verse 31. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Whoa, this is not a good deal. I've been watching reruns of Deal or No Deal on Amazon, and you know, sometimes you're like, there's a, the, the banker's always trying to lowball him. Well, I'm telling you right now, Jacob was lowballing his brother right here. There is nothing good about this because all the rights of the firstborn son, I mean, this was all the family money. This was all the rights to the land. This was the rights to the blessing that their father Isaac had from his father Abraham. This was everything for a bowl of beans, right? This is some lentil beans right here is what this is. And so he's like, yeah, I would gladly give you this bowl of beans if you'll just sign over your whole life to me right here. And so look at this, uh, verse 32. He's like, look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good's my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first, you must swear that your birthright is mine. 
So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal, got up and left, and he showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. His right, that's the blessing of God on his life. He sold it all out for one bowl of beans, for one bowl of stew, however you want to look at it. But he sold, he gave up the entire blessing. He gave up everything in his life for what? One meal, for five minutes of fulfillment, for five minutes of pleasure, for for just a brief moment of satisfaction. He gave up everything in his life. And I mean, that's, was, was the risk worth the reward? Was it worth losing all the blessing of God on his life for a bowl of beans? I would say not. And you know what? We could look, if you want a better idea of what the blessing is, I don't have time tonight, but just write down Deuteronomy 28. And if you look at verses 1 through 14, that tells you what the blessing was to the Hebrews. Then of course, Hebrews 8, 6 says that we've got an even better covenant with better promises. But if you were to look at the blessing of Deuteronomy 28, it's God's blessing uh, and promises on, uh, on, on your life over your finances, over your children, over your job, over your health, over your protection, over every part of your life. And Esau gave it all up for one tiny moment of fulfillment. Now, I found that we're given opportunities nearly on a daily basis to sell our blessing out for something else. It may be a moment of pleasure. It may be uh, doing something that goes against your personal convictions. Maybe it's, you know, just a quick way to make a quick buck, but it's really not the right way to do it. The list goes on and on. But you've got to ask yourself this question. Is this worth potentially losing the blessing of God over my life? Because we know that that God's never going to leave us, right? We've got that promise. But what we have to know is it's very possible for you to leave him. And so we know that God doesn't send pain and destruction upon you. But we can bring those things upon our life. And so I imagine it this way. If there's a storm going on and the umbrella of God's protection is right here. If I stick close to him under the shadow of the Almighty, I'm good. But if I step out over here where I do not belong, then, hey, I'm up the creek without a paddle. I'm in bad shape, and I can't blame God. I've got to look at myself and say, okay, I kind of I, I, I kind of brought some things on myself right here. I, I, I kind of invited some pain into my life. And I'm not too big to say that, hey, I've brought pain into my life a time or two. I have done some dumb things. I have occasionally sold the blessing out for stupid things. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. But remember this question, is the risk worth the reward? Is it worth a couple of minutes of fun, a couple of minutes of uh, a couple of extra dollars, a couple of whatever? Is that worth the entire blessing of God on your family? And the answer is always no. But hey, you got to answer that for yourself. Nobody can answer that for you. Let's go ahead and pray. I'm going to look at three things tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, so much that we have your word to steer us in the right direction. We have your word to, uh, to light up our path. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. 
Lord, I pray tonight that you would speak to us and show us things that we need to see. And we thank you, Lord, that we're getting stronger in our faith. We're getting closer and closer to you. And we want to be more and more like you. So help us tonight, Lord. If you're uh, speaking to us and, and, and showing us things that we need to change, help us change for your glory. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said. All right, so we're going to just look at three things tonight. I mean, this could be a huge list, but three common things that people may risk their blessing for. And the first one I'm going to say is money, okay, is uh, is money. And you're probably thinking, well, you know, well, how, how do I sell my blessing for money? Well, when you do something for money that goes against what the Bible says, right, or against your own personal convictions, you're selling the blessing for money. You're saying, well, you know, this is, but this is this much money. This is kind of worth more than this. And that's not a good spot to put yourself in. Because as we have all found out by this point, surely there are some things that money can't fix, right? Or does money solve every problem? Anyone? No, it does not. It does not solve every problem. In fact, some people would be, you know, they're like, well, man, if I could just win the lottery, I, that would fix my problem. You'd probably be even worse off than you are right now. If you want a million, you'd probably go, you know, uh, uh, spend two million. Or, or you'd go finance, uh, you know, three million. And you'd just put yourself in a worse spot. Listen, is the risk worth the reward? And so as I'm, as I'm, tell, as I'm going through this, you know, I, I, I'm thinking of, uh, one of the dumbest moments of my life that I that I'm going to share, and uh, I've shared it before, so some of you know my story. But this is the story of my thirty thousand dollar cheeseburger in 2014. <laughs> some of you remember this story, but it was uh, just a really dumb situation happened, and so uh, it cost me about thirty thousand dollars, and it wasn't worth it. So uh, I, one night I, I go out to get dinner for the family. And uh, I'm just going to the fast food restaurant. I'm in a hurry. I think I was headed to church or something. But anyway, I, I get, you know, I grab the bag and I and and I, and I get get to where I'm going and I realize, oh wait a minute, uh, they owed me one dollar in change. They gave me a five dollar bill. And then uh, I know, wait, and then they gave me an extra cheeseburger. And that may not sound like much to you, but I'm like. Uh, at first I'm like, oh sweet, extra food, great, this is awesome, man, because I could eat an extra cheeseburger pretty much any day of the week, that's not a problem for a guy like me, but as I'm looking at this, I'm like, you know what, ah, this isn't right, I, I need to take that money back is what I need to do, and you know, if we're going to eat the cheeseburger, we need to pay for it, and that's just, and, but I, I didn't have time that night, because I was already, you know, up the road and about my business, so I'm like, well, I'll just get over there tomorrow and handle it. And, and then uh, I slipped my mind, and then uh, it would come back to me periodically over uh, the course of a couple of week period. Like, just get in there and go pay for the cheeseburger and, and give them, you know, the, the the right money back. And after a while, I'm like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And after a while, it's just like, you know what? I I, I kind of forgot about it. And when the Holy Spirit keeps reminding you of something and you consistently just push it away, after a while, you get calloused to hearing his voice. You're just so used to ignoring him that you don't really feel it anymore. You don't really think too much about it anymore. And so about November of that year, I think it was 2014, but it could have been 15. I don't remember. But uh, a series of unfortunate events started unfolding in my life. And I began to have financial disaster after financial disaster. I had a pipe break in my wall on Thanksgiving weekend and completely flood my entire house out. And I mean, it 
was legit, and it was it was I mean, it wasn't one of those things where you could shop back it out. I mean, it was rooms were ruined. It was super super bad, and so you know I, I get insurance involved, and they're like, well, it just I mean, it was just insane how much money it was. And so we got displaced out of our house. We lived at the Holiday Inn in Linwood for a month. Now, you'd think that that cool breakfast would be yummy, but after about three weeks, uh, I mean, it just wasn't good anymore. <laughs> I, got, I got real tired of it. And, uh, and we, you know, had to take, uh, I had to take my dog down the elevator to go out to potty in the park. It was just awful. It was stupid. And so then my, then, uh, uh, my car breaks down. In fact, after that, somebody broke into my car at the parking lot of the Holiday Inn and stole a bunch of my stuff. And then uh, the, uh, uh, some appliances, the refrigerator went out. Uh, uh, wash, I think, no, the dryer went out. Thing after thing after thing. Everywhere I turned, money was just leaving me. And I'm like, what's going on? It's right before Christmas. And it was insane. And I'm like, God, what's going on here? And I'm basically like, why, God? And then instantly in my mind, I get a picture of a cheeseburger. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what this is about? <laughs> a cheeseburger? And so I'm like, oh, you better bet we're going to fix this right now. And I mean, I, I w- none of this was worth it. And it was worth the cost of a stinking cheeseburger and a $5 bill. Once I had identified the problem, I didn't sit there and, you know, and say, oh, no, that couldn't be. I mean, I, I owned up real quick. And it wasn't God that sent these things upon me. But when we ignore God, when we push away from God, when he keeps saying, hey, deal with that, deal with that, you better fix that, and you keep ignoring it nonstop, he's not the one that brings the pain, but you sure can open up the door for the devil to come on in and say, oh man, he's a faker, (laughs) he's a faker, yeah, I'll steal his lunch, man, he took my lunch and popped the bag, he just flat out handled my business. And so what did I do? Man, I drove directly to the local fast food establishment, which will remain nameless. I walked in there with a $10 bill because I was going to pay extra on this. And I said, hey, here's what happened. Take this money. And I'm basically, I don't ever want to hear from you all again. Okay. <laughs> Leave me alone. And so the, you know, I, I asked for the managers and, and, and she was laughing. And I don't know if that threw her drawer off for the night, but I, I ran out the door and never looked back. And, uh, but, but out of all of that, out of all of it, I mean, I lost, you know, out of this whole thing, it totaled up to about $30,000 of damages between all the stupid things that happened in my life. And yet what could have happened was the risk of, uh, of just going in there and, 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 and giving the cheeseburger back and, and paying the money. Was it, was it worth the reward of all this crazy? No, it was not. And that may sound really cheesy to you because it's a cheeseburger, okay? But, or, but, but, or you may think like, no, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. You know, you're just overdoing it. Hey, I have learned in my life, uh, sometimes <laughs> to hear the voice of God and, and to own up to it. And in our lives, some things may seem so simple. And, and maybe you're having a big trouble in some area of your life. Maybe you are being attacked in an area of your life. And you're looking at, well, is there some great big thing? Maybe it's a little thing that you open up the door to. Song of Solomon 2.15 says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And sometimes we're looking for the great big, you know, the great big neon sign of what we did. But hey. Sometimes it's a little thing that we risked it all for, and we kind of 
took God's hand of blessing off of our life. Something for you to consider tonight. James 4.17. Can we look at James 4.17? James 4.17. And yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's something uh, that, that we, we need to listen to the voice of God. And we are not going to risk the blessing over something as silly and foolish as money. Are you kidding me? Not worth it. James 4. And we're going to look at verse 17. I remember shortly after that, I was in the 99 cent store, and uh, well, actually, no, it was it was, uh, it was the next year, it was the next fall time, and uh, I I was buying pumpkins, right? Because you can score some good deals on pumpkins there. Jot that down; you're going to need that next fall. So I I got some pumpkins, and uh, I paid for 12, and I got out to the car, and there was 13. And I was like, oh, no, not again, not over a pumpkin. I mean, I ran back into the store. Please, dear Lord, let me buy this pumpkin. I'm like, okay, dude, calm down. What's your problem? So anyway, James 4, 17, remember, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. It's a sin when you know what you're supposed to do and then you don't do it. And I knew I was supposed to go pay for that cheeseburger, but I never did it until it cost me a lot more than the few dollars that it was going to be. And so I'm not going to sell my blessing for something as small as money. And so I believe another way that we sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll risk it all uh, for money is, is by uh, letting work pull you out of church, Right. We talk about this sometimes, and I know nobody likes when I talk about it, but, you know, we got to talk about this, that it's not a blessing. And, I, and we hear so many times, you know, uh, man, I, I, if, I, if, if God could just get me this job right here, I tell you what, that would be, that would be the turning point in my life. And so, you know, we pray, and, and someone gets the job, woo, and then next thing you know, man, they forget all about God. They got what they wanted, and then they split. And... My goodness, what a dangerous position to put ourselves in. And, 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 and I've seen this so many times. And, and they get the job they wanted and then either, you know, now they have to always work during church or they, you know, they go out and buy a bunch of big fun toys and they don't have time for the house of God anymore. And I'm just telling you, I have seen this for 30-something years. It never ends good. When you put money above God, it never ends good. Now, you may have a false sense of security for a little while, right? You may, oh, like, look, see, nothing happened. All right, I'll just take another step. Nothing happened. Oh, next thing you know, you're just way out there forgetting all about the Lord. And it may seem okay for a little bit, but it does eventually catch up to you. And I'm telling you, man, uh, losing my family over making more money, Ain't worth it. <laughs> Losing my faith and getting weak in the faith during the end times is not worth it. For the sake of time, I'm just going to throw this verse on the screen, Matthew 6, 24. You ought to know this. Matthew 6, 24 says, No man can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Yes, I can. No, you can't. You're calling Jesus a liar? You absolutely cannot. You can't serve God 
and be a slave to money, you got to pick one master. Is it going to be God or is it going to be money? And so that's something that we've all got to kind of look at. And, you know, it's a serious, serious thing. I remember, and I've told this too, but when I worked at a FedEx, uh, it was Christmas of 2011 at the Indianapolis airport, and it was a record-breaking year. They had never seen that much freight come through at the time. Now I'm sure it's a lot more, but they're like, you know what? Everybody, no matter who you are, you will be at this facility on this Sunday, and, and it's mandatory. No way about it. And first of all, I was the poorest I had been in my adult life. <laughs> I could have used money so bad. I would have donated blood if I was allowed to, but I'm not allowed to because I have leukemia and all that stuff. Anyway, they don't take my word for it. But, but so I couldn't, you know, there's nothing I could do. And, and they're like, no, everybody will be here or you don't got a job anymore. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I need the money for sure, but I just don't, I, I, I don't work on Sundays. That's, you know, for me, that's the Lord's day. And so there was not, a, I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, I've got, you know, Pastor Katie, my wife, I've got two small kids, you know, pregnant with Ellie on the way, and we were poor. I mean, what am I going to do here? And so I'm like, I, I told my bond, I'm like, I, I won't be here. And she's like, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> and so I had a friend uh, that's uh, an employment law attorney, okay? It's good to know these type of people. So I get a hold of him, and I'm like, dude, what's going to happen here? What, you know, I, I've never crossed this line in my life. What is going to happen? Uh, do I have to go in? And so he starts talking to me, and, and he was getting fired up about this, but he's like, okay, listen, have you ever worked a Sunday in your life? I'm like, never. And he's like, they don't have a chance in the world. Don't show up. If they threaten your job, call me on Monday morning. And, they, you know, he didn't put it so nicely, but he's like, we will sue that place to the ground. The front of it will say David Samples FedEx location, Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm like, Okay, all right, calm down. So sure enough, man, they couldn't do anything to me. But check it out. This was a golden opportunity for me to say, what's more important, making extra money when I need it really bad or sticking to my guns on something? And I stuck to it, and it didn't cost me, and, it, you know, we ended up blessed. Hey, I'm still alive. I, I still had food that week. Somehow, some way, God made it happen. Amen? And so what are some things that we risk the blessing for? Well, sometimes it's money. Just another verse for you to write down. All right, while well, I'm throwing verses out there, Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, but he adds no sorrow with it. Amen? Proverbs 10, 22. All right, what's another thing that we would sometimes risk the blessing for? I'm going to say sin. Sometimes we risk the blessing of God on our lives. And nobody wants to talk about this, so I'll just make this real brief because, you know, hey, come on. But check it out. You need to keep things in the right perspective. This whole life is temporary. You know that, right? No matter how bad it gets, no matter how good it gets, this thing is extremely temporary. At, at best, you're going to live like 100 years, right? Maybe a little bit more. But how long are you going to be in the next life? Over a million years, over a billion years. Never ending. It's going to be eternal. And so... Even if I risked the blessing of God on my life for some sin, is it worth kind of 
walking away from my salvation right now, when I'm going to spend the next hundred trillion zillion years in it, is it worth spending all those millions and zillions of years separated from God in hell over, over something that's going to make me feel good for just a little bit right here? There is nothing worth that at all. Is the risk worth the reward? Now, I know it's not worth walking away from the blessing of God in this life or the next life over anything that this world has to offer. And, you know, I make the disclaimer, I'm not trying to make people feel bad, but I am trying to get us to at least think for a minute here tonight. And if you, if the, if you are feeling convicted, then praise God, that's got to be the Holy Spirit and not me. I don't have the power to convict you, but the Holy Spirit does. And I often wonder, what am I going to be doing when the trumpet sounds, right? You ever think about that? That, that this window in this life right here is really coming to a close quicker and quicker. Whether I die or whether Jesus comes back and raptures me before I die, either way, it's but a vapor. I, I, I realize that I will not be here a hundred years from now. Uh, I'm going to be in heaven by that point, either through death or through uh, a rapture taking place. And I often wonder, what am I going to be doing when Jesus comes back? I, I would love to be right here in church with all my family, right? Worshiping God. Wouldn't that be a great time for the rapture to take place? We hear the trumpet and we're all out of here. I mean, that would just be the picture perfect ending to it all. I would love that. But I shudder to think about what if he comes back and I'm just doing something that I know I'm not supposed to be doing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus, could you give me like five more minutes? Could you please just, why today of all days? What shame, what embarrassment. Was the risk worth the reward? It's something for us to think about. And I think about Samson in the Bible. I mean, this guy had the blessing of God on his life. If you're familiar with the story of, of Samson... And, and he risked all, man. God was using him. He was, you know, just annihilating the Philistines. He was doing marvelous wonders for the people of God. And God was using him at every turn. But he had this weakness of bad ladies. And so he, you know, we, if you're familiar with the story, man, he risked the whole blessing of God on his life for a bad relationship with a woman named Delilah and it cost him everything and I'm like Samson you had it all you had strength you probably had you know wealth you 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 had this you had that and most of all you had the anointing of God on your life and you sold it all away for a bad relationship with a bad 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 woman and my gosh it cost him everything Look at Romans 6, verse 23. Romans 6, verse 23. That I know, man, that the blessing of God is, is not worth any sin or temptation that may come our way. And if the Lord's speaking to you tonight about, hey, you know what? You better knock that off, man. I encourage you to listen to his voice. I encourage you to yield to his voice. Amen. Now, I realize this isn't, you know, the upbeat, uplifting message maybe that we, you know, we came into here on a Wednesday night. But 
we just got to speak the truth to you. And so there's a, there's a price to pay. Romans 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. Oh, man. What? But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The wages, the payment for sin. There's a, hey, you can do it. But there is a price to pay. There is a cost to it. And the cost is bringing death into our life. And, you know, maybe it could be a physical death. It could be the death of your marriage. It could be the death of, of a, this relationship. It could be the death of, of this opportunity in your life. Somewhere along the way, sin is going to kill something in your life that matters to you. And, of course, the ultimate death would be the second death. And that's eternity in hell. And we know that as a Christian, we die once. We die physically, but then we enter into eternal life. For the uh, unsaved person, for the person that's rejected Jesus or walked away from him, they got to die twice. The first death, the physical death that we all get, but then they get that second death, and it is a never-ending death. Think about I think about this, man. Someone that died and went to hell when Abraham Lincoln was president is still there this very day. Someone that died and went to hell 500 years ago, same spot. Someone that died and went to hell back when Jesus walked the earth is still in the same spot. And they'll be there another 1,000 years from now, and another 2,000 years from now, and another 10,000 years from now. And it's a nonstop death. I mean, come on. Now, I know this isn't encouraging, but this is something that Christians just need to remember every now and then. And the wages of sin is death. It's a separation. It's a cutting away. It's a, it, it, it's, a, it's a nasty thing that God didn't mean for you to have in your life. Because what does Jesus do? He gives life and life more abundantly, according to John 10 and verse 10. And so as I, you know, I, I pray for my church family every morning. Uh, I mean, I pray for you guys. And Pastor Katie and I had a great time in prayer yesterday morning. Uh, just thanking God, we were praying for your health, praying for your marriages, praying for your money. We were praying for your kids. We were praying for your jobs. We were praying for your peace and your joy. Just binding the devil from coming in and messing in your life. And as I'm as I'm scanning the you know our church family, I'm like, man, these are some blessed people, you know. And the world would say it this way: that hey, you know, I don't I don't speak this way, but I'm saying the world would look at your life and say they've got a lot to lose because you've got a lot of blessings, right? You've got a healthy home. You've got, you know, a, a blessed job, God's blessings on your finances. You've got the peace of God. You've got the joy of the Lord. And so to the negative mind, they'd say, man, that guy's got a lot to lose. I don't look at it, at it that way. I'm like, hey, I'm blessed and I've got a lot more to gain. Thank you, Jesus. But make no mistake, you are blessed. Let's just get real. You guys are very, very blessed. You may, you know, we may not be billionaires. We may not, you know, be, you know, in a yacht or whatever, but I don't, I don't need any of that stuff. But I look around. We're very blessed. God's been good to us. He's brought some of us off of deathbeds. He's brought some of us through bad diseases and, 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 and through just bad, bad home situations and, and bad money situations. God's been good to us. And I don't want to lose any of that on my life. I want the blessing of the Lord on my life. And so 
Is the risk worth the reward? Number three, let's check this out. Number three, we're talking about things, common things that people may risk their blessing for. And the third one would be temporary comfort. Now, I didn't just say comfort. I said temporary comfort. Because as we've already said, this whole life is temporary. And when you have an eternal perspective about your life, it really changes the way that you view any situation. You know, as I said earlier, no matter how bad of a spot you may be in, hey, it's no matter what, I'm believing Jesus is going to absolutely come through and do a miracle and change it. But even if somebody were being more pessimistic, even if that didn't happen, hey, it's only temporary anyway. And heaven is eternal. But would we risk the blessing of God on our life for temporary comfort? And I've seen so many people over the years that I'm certain God wanted to absolutely bless and use in a big way for his kingdom. But they were just too lazy. Too lazy. You know, their their comfort meant more than stepping out of the boat and doing what the Lord needed them to do. And there may even be people that are hard workers on their natural job. You know, they, they may, you know, give... Fort Irwin or the railroad or whoever you work for, they may give them good effort or whatnot, but when it comes to the things of God, just flat out lazy. And and that's something for us to think about. Would we risk God's blessing over our lives for a temporary comfort? I was watching this interview with Billy Graham when he was 92 years old and he died right before he turned 100, okay? Just a couple years ago, he was 99 like 11 months old or something. He was really close to it. And and they, I, I, this really surprised me. The lady interviewing him said, if you could go back and and do it over, is there anything you would change? He's like, yes, yes, yes. I'm like, wow, he didn't even hesitate. He just went right for that. I'm like, you're Billy Graham. You're, you know, we, we say the goat. You're like, literally, I mean, outside of Jesus and the Apostle Paul, you're basically the best preacher the world's ever seen. What would you possibly change? And even the interviewer was very surprised. She's like, well, what would you change? He's like, if I could do it all over, I would have given more time to prayer and I would have studied the Bible more. And I'm like, whoa, come on, man. (laughs) I'm examining my life. I'm like, you are a failure. You are a loser. (laughs) Like, my gosh, if Billy Graham felt this way. But that's the sign of somebody, man, that, you know what? It wasn't about his comfort. It was about, I got to give everything that I am to Jesus. I, I got to give it. I got to lay it all on the line. I've got to give it all out there for Jesus. This man led over 3.2 million people to the Lord. Three, he preached to over 2.2 billion people. He, in person, preached the gospel to more people than anybody in the history of the world in person. And I'm like, this is an incredible man of God, but he just wanted to get closer to Jesus and and to let God use him more and more and more. And so I'm going to tell you to walk in the blessing of God, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. Just know that right now. We see these guys that are used by God and like, man, lucky. (laughs) No, he just did things nobody else was willing to do. 
He was willing to embarrass himself. He was willing to, to step out of his comfort zone and take the step when he didn't see where the next, you know, step was going to be. But don't be so quick to judge somebody that's successful and that God's used in a big way. It's not because they're lucky. It's probably because they were willing to stretch themselves and get out of their comfort zone. I'm glad Noah didn't care more about his comfort than building the ark. Think about that. I'm glad David didn't care more about his comfort and reputation than fighting the giant. I'm glad Daniel didn't care more about his comfort and safety than praying. Praying nearly cost him his life. But thank God the Lord was with him in the lion's den. Amen. That he was not alone. And I'm glad that Jesus certainly didn't care more about his comfort than facing the cross. He was willing to give it all up. I'm going to look at one last Bible uh, verse here tonight. Hebrews chapter 11. Can we go there? Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. And so we're just kind of doing some thinking tonight. Is the risk worth the reward? Hebrews 11. We're going to look at verses 24 through 27. Now Hebrews 11 is uh, we call the faith hall of fame. It's the faith chapter, the great faith chapter of the Bible. It just goes and it lists all these incredible men from the Old Testament that did exploits for God, that absolutely faced impossible odds and dared to trust in the Lord. It is an incredible chapter to read. What I'm looking at here is uh, Moses' portion of the Faith Hall of Fame. Hebrews 11, verses 24 through 27. It says, it was by faith... That Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of and enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He, he chose to share oppression with God's people instead of all the, the luxury and the pleasure of sin. Verse 26, he thought it was better off to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. And I read that chapter, I'm like, man, that is just incredible. That's beautiful. Think about it. Moses gave up a lot in this life. For the Lord. He was the adopted grandson of the king. He could have, I mean, had all the money, all the houses, all the women. He could have had just anything that he wanted. Nothing was off limits. He could have had everything that somebody would think this life has to offer. And he's like, I don't want it. I, I want to be with God's people. And he gave all that up. And, and we know he faced some things, man. He went through some things, but he gave it all up because he thought it would be better to suffer for the sake of Christ than own all the riches that Egypt had to offer. Was the risk worth the reward? He lost a lot of earthly things, but my goodness, did he gain the rewards of heaven? And he saved an entire race of people. That's a pretty successful guy right there. But was the risk worth the reward? Absolutely it was. And yeah, I mean, I believe that God wants to bless us financially and in every other way. 
but we're going to have to do things his way. And we got to know this right now, that it's not always convenient to serve God. The Lord may be calling you or reminding you of why you're even doing what you do. You know, sometimes it's easy to get burned out doing what we do. Or sometimes, you know, God's calling us to a higher level. Like, well, uh, but that would require this out of me. Or, or that, would, that would require this. Or, or man, I'm going to have to give this up. I'll just tell you now, man. It's not always convenient to serve God. Do you know that? Does anybody in here know that? Amen. <laughs> it's not always convenient to serve God. But listen, it's always worth it. And I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you do give. You give some things up sometimes, right? And some people are like, you know, give your life to Jesus. It's the easiest thing ever. You don't have to give anything up. It's just, I mean, it's just boom, instant. It's incredible. And it is incredible. And it's the absolute number one best thing you could ever do. But make no mistake about it. Jesus said, narrow is the road that leads to life. Broad, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. He said, there be few that ever actually find it. And he said, hey, unless you give up your life and bear your cross to follow me, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. And so I, we flat out believe in the blessing of God on every area of your life. But I cannot lie and say that it's always convenient. He will ask you to do things sometimes that you don't want to do. He'll ask you to, maybe, maybe you're given 100% and he's like, that's great. I'm going to need 110%, okay? Like, oh, <laughs> okay. What are we going to do? But I've learned this much. It's always worth it to serve Jesus and to say no to temptation and to say no to maybe more money or to say no to a little bit of temporary comfort. It's always better to say yes and to get his full blessing on your life. And yes, sometimes, yes, it may not be the most convenient thing, but it's always the best thing. And, it, and in the long run, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, in the long run, the blessings on your life to have your kids blessed, to be able to be a part of your grandchildren's life someday and have the blessing of God on your grandkids and on your great-grandkids and, 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 to, and to absolutely see God have his way in your family, it's always worth it. And so my reminder to you tonight is this, I guess if I could bring it all down to one thing, you better recognize that you are blessed and God has done some great big things in your life. You need to recognize that. And if the devil is bringing in some temptation in some way into your life, dangling maybe a little bit of more money in front of you, dangling a little temptation over here, and, and, and you're like, hmm, I don't know. Listen, is the risk worth the reward? Is it worth giving up the blessing of God? For that temporary thing in this life. And I found out the answer is no. I need God's blessing. Amen? Amen. All right, let's stand up together tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, well, we're going to take a minute here and uh, offer some prayer to you tonight. And if God's speaking to your heart about some things, man, maybe this kind of prodded you a little bit or got you to thank him then, hey, maybe you should talk to God right there where you're at for a minute. But anyway, let's take a minute here as Josh leads us in a little bit of worship. And, uh, and, and if you need prayer, come on up, all right? I'm going to have my prayer team come up with me, all right? And I just want to be where you are. 
just want to be near your heart And there is nothing like your love But Jesus, there is nothing like your love And I just want to be where you just want to be near your heart. There is nothing like your love. Jesus, there is nothing like your love.
All right, everybody. Well, we're going to go ahead and close things out tonight. Pray that everybody was blessed and amen, that we at least got you thinking a little bit. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. I want to remind you that Friday night is the Marrieds event, okay? And so if you're married, come on out, 6.30. And then Saturday morning is the men's meeting, and it's going to be awesome. Then, of course, Sunday, church, who's going to be here? All right, amen. We're going to have a great day once again. Let's pray over you tonight. Let's raise our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for everybody here tonight. Lord, I pray that they received the word that went forth, Lord. And just like Isaiah said, that your word, it never returns unto you void, but it always accomplishes everything that you sent it forth to do, God. And so I pray that your word is working in our hearts. If we need to change something, Lord, help us change it. Lord, if we need to do something different, help us do it. If we need to repent, Help us repent because, Lord, we want your blessing all over our life and our family. We love you. We thank you. And we know you're bringing us back safely this weekend. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. Let's speak some words of faith tonight. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. See you Sunday.